0: All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Go With The Flow. It has been a while since I've recorded. COVID has just been disrupting everything, which we will get into in a little bit. But as always, very, very special guest in the building, my good friend Sophia. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Sophia.
1: Thanks, Flo. Excited to be here.
0: Very excited to have you on here. You have been one of my good friends for honestly as long as I can remember. And I don't even remember. How do we meet? I don't even remember how we met.
1: I have actually no idea. But that's like most friendships on campus, you know? You kind of just see them in the ether, and then all of a sudden, they're your friend.
0: No, I disagree, because... um, (laughs) 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 No, I I mean, for the most part, like, I remember, like, Jelani and Max, I met them first day of club soccer trials. I remember meeting Nadia, at Gabby and Elizabeth's pregame freshman year. so I, think- I
1: totally met you through Nadia.
0: Okay, shout out Nadia. She gets talked about way too much on this podcast. That, yeah. is, that is enough the, Nadia I learn.
1: mean, she is your close friend as well.
0: That is the homie, yes. Shout so. out to the third episode of the podcast. But the way that I always start these episodes is I ask my guests to introduce themselves, tell me where you're from, what your major is, stuff you do on campus, and then just mm. any other general introduction that you would want the people to know
1: all right well my name's sophia i'm a senior from tucson arizona it's pretty nice in the southwest nice. <laughs> um, i'm an economics major on campus i do tiger capital management which is the only princeton student-run investment fund which is pretty sick i've and done all, that all, all throughout right. princeton Nice. used to be part of business today happily no longer part of <laughs> business today um, and a couple of women's groups on campus as well. Um, I'm in a strat and I'm in TI. What's a SRAT? A sorority. Okay, I get this all oh, the time. Oh, oh, okay. Like in the Southwest, they're always like strat as a corresponding word to FRAT.
0: Interesting, because I'd heard that term and I would always just like smile and I'm like, oh, yeah, SRAT. Okay, yeah, what yeah. is that? Okay, okay, it yeah. makes sense. Um, so, like you said, you are in TCM and business today. Did you come into Princeton knowing that you wanted to do a lot of activities that were very. Pre professional. Um, pre professional, finance, nice business focused, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, no, I actually came into Princeton pre vet. What? How am I just finding this out? Yeah, no, um, I did Gen Chem all throughout freshman year. Both my parents were physicians. so, ah,
0: so we definitely did Gen Chem together at the same we time. We did,
1: we just weren't homies. Yeah, then. we didn't know
0: each other then. Oh, yeah. interesting. It was a dark time. Okay, yeah. wait, okay, putting a pin on the whole TCM conversation, what made you switch out from, because again, another reason that I like this podcast is even when I have my really good friends on, I still learn new things about them exactly just by doing the podcast. So why did you make your switch out of pre-med?
1: It was actually TCM. Okay. Um, I think all of my life growing up, I had a love for solving problems. Like, I'm ridiculous at puzzles. They're my favorite thing to do. Um, I love the wordle. I love the crossword. Just solving a problem that's difficult to do is my favorite thing in the world. And coming into Princeton, I think knowing medicine was all I'd seen growing up and in my life. And that's what I thought was the only option for me given what I was interested in. Therefore, I did research in high school, et cetera, et cetera. And then I kind of came across TCM, um, had a really amazing mentor who was a senior when I was a freshman, and he just showed me the ropes. And it is the most amazing problem to solve in the world with some of the most intelligent minds. And you get to look at all kinds of businesses. You learn so much about the way that the world works. And, yeah.
0: I I like that. And, again, everyone has their own very – Everyone has their own reason why they switch out of pre-med. Mine was it was never my passion, and I found other stuff that I would possibly be interested in. But, okay, so you just spoke a little bit about why exactly like TCM, Mm -hmm. problem solving. You said you're into puzzles, which, speaking of Wordle, I am someone who doesn't like to do what everybody else is doing, so I will never participate simply because (laughs) everyone else does Wordle. And that is also my view on TikTok. I am now on TikTok just for the podcast everyone go follow the go with the flow account <laughs> but as far as like actually scrolling through and looking at videos i will not do it because i'm going to keep my own strict mm. no tiktok policy but for anyone who doesn't know what tcm is doesn't really know about investing what would you say is what what do you guys what are you guys involved in in the club
1: okay so basically we have this pool of money that we've been given to by old people in the club like who have graduated or corporate sponsors, and we just invest it in public equities or stocks. And we meet once a week. There's five teams, six teams now in TCM, and they pick a stock. They do research on it. They come up with a thesis for why it would be a good buy or a short, if you want to bet against the price of the stock. And, yeah, the club votes on whether or not we should put it in our portfolio. So it's like a very democratic, um, really engaging intellectual conversation every Monday about one specific company, why we should own it, why we shouldn't. And yeah.
0: And then, do you actually go in and buy these companies, or yeah. is it all theoretical and you don't actually? Get no, we use the that pool
1: of money to buy to buy like a certain amount of the company, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's also like a really great way to test your learning. Um, like, if you're right, then you make money. If you're yeah. wrong, you don't. So.
0: And what what are what are the returns like? if you could Uh. say you don't have to say
1: (laughs) so in the past year tcm has done pretty poorly but then again better than the rest of the stock market fair enough not bad um but yeah no in the past three years this is an awful way to say like okay there's irr which is internal rate of return and it's like how much money have you made corresponding for time And, like, a good IRR is, like, 10 to 12%. I think TCM has maintained, like, a three-year 25% IRR. Okay. So, pretty solid. Pretty solid. Okay. Not bad.
0: And now, the difference between TCM and business today, because I feel like up until this year, I always thought they were the same group. It always seemed like it was the same people in both groups. What is the difference between TCM and business today?
1: Yeah, I think already explaining what TCM was, Business Today is primarily, like, a outreach group to get students involved to connect with, like, Fortune 500 companies and CEOs and really just get access and knowledge to what the avenues and potentials are to enter into, like, a pre-professional environment. So, like, for example, Business Today hosts some conferences in the fall where, like, students from Princeton are staffers and we bring students from across the world to come and engage with, like, sessions and meetings with uh, CEOs. So... Okay, and yeah. for
0: anyone listening who might be like you, you came in, doing, wanted to do something completely different. You found these two clubs that kind of changed your trajectory, your professional trajectory. I assume. What would the pitch be for them to get involved in a in a club like in either type of club, TCM or or Business Today?
1: I mean, I'll pitch you harder on TCM.
0: Okay, because seems like that's <laughs> that's where your loyalties lie. Yep,
1: absolutely. <laughs> um, being an investor does not mean that you have to be. investor professionally and knowing about your finances how you want to manage your money how you want to set yourself up for when you retire at 60 like is an invaluable trait and skill to have so let's say like you join a club like DCM where you're investing money and you ultimately decide hey like I want to go into software engineering or I want to be a doctor there are so many physicians out there who are so financially illiterate and the opportunity to have that additional skill as opposed to like no skill is really valuable. So. No,
0: I I could not agree more with you. And did you go to the last lecture that we had, um, like a month or two ago, where it was the three the three individuals they were talking about exactly what you're saying, like personal finance. Um, learning how to invest those types of things. Did you attend that or no? I
1: didn't, but my mom did.
0: (laughs) Okay, which is fair. And obviously you're someone who already has a little bit of skill in it, so you probably didn't need it as much as some people who might have no experience with it. But I do think exactly like what you're saying, we learned so many different things, whether it's like inside the classroom, outside the classroom, and how much of it is actually applicable to your everyday lives? Totally. I don't know. I will leave it up to whoever to decide what percent is applicable to your everyday lives. But things like being financially responsible and um, learning how to invest, these are things that we don't really touch on at all. Where, yeah. again, we go to a very good school. We go to totally. a place that is going to set us, hopefully set you up financially. And it's very important to to be the most responsible with however much you're making. And if, it's not even the type of thing where you need to be making X amount to be financially responsible. Whatever you're making, it's always important to like have a budget to to just... just one simple thing to say, like having a budget. So, yeah. It, yeah I, I do think that there needs to be more of an emphasis put on these types of things. And it's cool to have a club like TCM that is teaching you things like that, that you're going to have these skills that are going to be beneficial to you for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, really quickly on that point about like getting access to an institution like Princeton, which will set you up financially in a really great way right out of college. The difference between that and being financially literate is a huge jump because when you think about it, the impact that generational wealth has isn't just in some, it's in knowledge. And when you have parents, family that knows how to manage your finances... Like, that's a huge advantage over someone who would be making the same salary but hasn't put it in a 401k for Ex- five years out of college. Exactly,
0: exactly. Even something as simple as a 401k, which I didn't know much about until recently, like a Roth IRA, all these different yeah. types of ways to help you. Like, uh, these, they act as, like, tax benefits. These are ways to save up towards retirement. Little things like that where people wouldn't think twice about. But other people who are more more deliberate with what they're doing, again, they are just setting themselves up more in the long term. So, yeah, I can't speak enough about the value of just, even if you're not joining a TCM, because it sounds like it might be quite a time commitment, just, I don't know, watch a YouTube video, listen to a podcast, go to things like The Last totally. Lecture, where you're just, like, giving yourself that little bit of knowledge that's going to help you out for the rest of your life. Because, again, we both took Gen Chem wasting my time i could have been taking a a personal investing class or something (laughs) that would have been much more useful than gen camp or orgo or physics or basically any pre-med related class that i that i did
1: crazy (laughs) how it works like that
0: (laughs) yeah because i did pre-med for three semesters and yeah you did
1: do it for longer than me i remember that yeah
0: yeah so a lot of classes that i took were to this day just a waste of my time yeah i could have been doing much more else and just being just yeah been been helping myself and better myself benefiting myself in many other ways
1: I wouldn't completely discount it though right yeah, but I mean
0: why why wouldn't you
1: I mean I think being in an a- ass class like gen chem mm-hmm. teaches you some good values um grit okay resiliency <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and just putting your nose to the grindstone you know like even though it's not something you love sometimes you just have to get it done and you made it through
0: no so. you're correct I mean you're you are no you're correct you're right fair enough Oh, I yeah, can't I'll disagree with you on that. But okay, so we are now, um, today is the morning of, for us, or for, for some of us, we have formals for, for eating clubs. Yes. So for Ivy, you'll be attending. I will so be attending. It's It's been like a, a fun, I bring that up for two reasons. First reason is um, it takes me back to like high school prom days when like early in the day everyone's looking all bummy you know everyone in sweatpants everyone looks a little weird (laughs) exactly exactly so that when you get dressed up later you can really see the the glow up that happens so it's just been funny i was at ivy right now for brunch everyone just like in their sweatpants and stuff nice and then in a few hours everyone popping up
1: it's gonna be crazy but
0: the reason that i bring this up is we all know that covid is still thin on this campus but i think that there have been um I think it's 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 finally the time that we are able to have things like formals because there are people who complain about the the level of openness that the school has been having. And so, we both just came out of our covid quarantine. We did. <laughs> both tested positive recently. What was your isolation experience like?
1: I mean, I was pretty symptomatic, which was surprising for me. Mm-hmm. I think I had covid. I was an OG covina in March of 2020. Wow. Congratulations. uh, (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, I used to brag about having the bodies like late into 2020 and then it wasn't cool anymore when the vaccine (laughs) came out. Um, But no, I was pretty symptomatic. So that was kind of sucky Um, fever, cough. Omicron mostly exists in your throat. So like I had a lot of scratchy issues, but um, I had a massive thesis deadline on the Friday of my quarantine I had not written a lot of my thesis before the quarantine, so I think it was a little blessed um, that the time came and I was kind of forced to stay inside and write it. So it was okay. I think the biggest issue, however, with the quarantine was the food.
0: Um, Okay.
1: Because living off campus, I don't have a deep, like, dining hall plan. I can get a couple of swipes, but none of my friends eat in the dining halls anymore, so it's hard to get food from there to there. Um, In ISO housing, you will get it. Brought to you, or you will pick it up
0: at were, the. Were you in ISO house, or were no, you? No, no, no. Oh, okay. You were, compares, okay. okay I was
1: okay. in my own apartment on okay, campus. Okay. um I'm just saying it's easier to access food. Gotcha. TI had like this huge issue with being able to go to the club and pick up food versus having a friend pick it up for you. It was just a huge hassle. So I had to like cook while being sick and then DoorDash too. So. Less, less than
0: ideal. Fair enough. Yeah. it's okay though. How are you? Um, for me, I am someone who used to brag that I had never tested positive. And so we both so had upsetting. things that, that we used to be able to brag about. And then I tested positive, what, like, last Wednesday? Was it last Wednesday? It's all over. Yeah, I think it was last Wednesday. Okay. Um, I was not really symptomatic. Funny enough, I probably had the most, like, symptoms. And I put that in quote, like, I had a runny nose the day before I started my isolation. Mm. And then the day I hit my room, I was basically fine for the five days. So luckily, okay. didn't really feel much. I wouldn't say that I disliked the experience. It was a nice little five-day period to just, like, chill out, be by myself. Mm. I have a two-room single in Brown, which we'll get into dorms and rooms later on. So yeah. I really love my room. I really don't – even when I'm able to leave my room, a lot of times I'll just, like, chill in my room anyway. So I was like, okay, I get to chill in my big-ass room. Yeah. And unlike what it sounds like you guys have for TI – for Ivy, we always have like to go boxes, so I was able to have friends bring me food. That's nice. So every single meal I had was the food that I would be eating regularly. I did try the the dining hall food like the first day because when you test positive, they like put meals for you in different locations. Mm. And I tried the first one and I was like, I can't, I can't, it's, I can't do this. He's
1: Pokemon <laughs> Go. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, yeah. Shout out to everyone who was able to to survive on those meals because yeah. isolation mm. meals were not it. Um, but yeah, as so a whole, it wasn't it wasn't horrible. Unlike you, who was productive on your thesis, I, first of all, I really can be productive on mine because it's a it's like an experiment that I need people to do, yes. and I couldn't do it by myself. I really just powered through a bunch of Love Island episodes in five days. Mm-hmm. I probably went through like thirty something episodes, so I was really just like okay. firing on through. But the um, one of the reasons that I bring this up is. The re like we both tested positive obviously because there was this huge jump in COVID numbers enormous. on campus. And I'm looking at the dashboard right now, and the week of February 18th, there were three hundred positive cases on campus. Yep. Um and then Dean Dolan sent out an email. Did you see the, you see the email she sent out? Okay, and so in general the email is just saying, um, yes, there's a lot of actually I have it pulled up, so yeah, let me let me cite my sources. The email in bold, it just says um, important. Remember, reminder: spring or midterms are coming up, and spring break beginning soon. Take good care of yourself to limit your exposure to COVID-19. And essentially, we won't be changing any of the policies. How do you feel about the response to the large number of cases on campus?
1: I mean, I think it's a little refreshing. Um, Agreed. <laughs> like, I've been super responsible throughout the entire pandemic vaccinated three times wear my mask when i'm asked to um but the loss of not like life as in bodily life but just like our lives over Mm -hmm. the last god almost three years no three years it's been a while yeah honestly if you said three i would believe it (laughs) it's all been a blur two years (laughs) has been insane and i think part of the mental health catastrophe on campus has been of a result of like one inconsistent me- messaging by administration and two devastating communication by administration, just back and forth, giving social life back, taking away social life, um, and I think there was a lot of fear between me, the people around me, as I'm sure you too, with the increasing, increasing cases on campus, that there would be just a re- more restrictions brought. Um, so yeah, I was I was happy about it, surprised. Um, can't say I've ever received a positive email from <laughs> Dean Dolan, so. Yeah, and I
0: think for me, surprised was also the biggest word. Yeah. Because, kind of like you said, as these spikes were happening, all these conversations were going on about what the response from the university would be like. Yeah. You had some people on one extreme saying that um, we would be reverted back to social contract, basically that style of living. I've always been, I th- I like to think I'm kind of realistic. And I was in the camp that was saying, although I don't even know how much I believe in it, I was like, I think they're just going to look at it for what it is and not really change much, which is exactly what they did. Yeah. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm so thankful. Because, again, yes, it's 300 cases. It is a lot. But at the same time, when you look at the number of like serious cases, I bet there aren't much. And when it comes down to it, it doesn't make sense to have like a knee jerk reaction every time there's a spike on campus. At a certain point, we need to just realize that COVID is here to stay for a very long time. Yeah, and we need to learn how to live with it. It's like endemic or whatever the, that word is. And so it was refreshing to see that even if there is a spike on campus, the university isn't all of a sudden going to lose its mind and say, "Oh my goodness, we're like no more parties, no more this, no more that." Yeah, and yeah. I'm I'm very pleased because it seems like we're going to be able to finish out the rest of the school year without too much of a like alterations to the way that we're living
1: yeah i think like what the administration probably did was like a cost benefit analysis of like what is the cost to student mental health by putting down more restrictions probably pretty severe in this case i think cutting it off late last semester was already pretty damaging to like student morale Um, And when you think about the people who are going out, our class, like, the amount of damage to our college experience that we've had over the past two years has been immense in comparison to other classes that are now, like, finally getting back into the swing of things. So, yeah, I I think they just decided that this was the way to go.
0: Yeah, and it is interesting because there is, uh, from, honestly and i'll say this with take take it with a grain of salt because i'm ju- basing all of this off tiger confessions <laughs> which i go on for this segment on the show but there is a huge from what it seems like uh there's a contingency of people who are mad that parties are still happening that formers are still happening, and i i don't fully understand it i can't quite say i do we won't get too much into it now because there's a tiger confession specifically on this and we'll delve into yeah. this now, like, the portion of people who are, like, shut everything down forever, which I don't really understand. But, yeah, I just... It, this is something we're going to have to have to live with for a while. And Totally.
1: I mean, there are, like, some super valid arguments. If you're an immunocompromised person, the idea of having full-blown br- outbreaks on campus is really scary. Um. Two, we also don't necessarily know the effects of long COVID. But sure. then again, like, our generation at this time, at this age is doing a lot of things that are detrimental to our health. Whether exactly. we know it or we don't. Exactly. Um,
0: Good point. I didn't know where you were going with that, but yeah, you're right. We,
1: there are a lot of things that we do that we don't know will be harmful until much later on. Yeah. And COVID is just one example that seems to be prevalent. Um. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah.
0: But okay, like you said, we are now two however many years into COVID. Rewinding all the way back to like that, that first semester that we got sent home, that was March of 2020. Those first few months when we were virtual, like I said, you're one of my close friends. Yeah. And it was a struggle for, I think, a lot of us trying to stay as connected with our friend groups as possible. Mm. And I think we were able to be creative in the ways that we did that. Do you remember exactly how, as a, as a friend group, we were able to just like try to keep the connections going?
1: Yeah, um, I have this one hilarious memory where we tried to watch a movie together on Zoom I don't, th- I don't know who was screen sharing. I think it was you or Nadia. Okay. And I think it was you. And the movie was just like glitching out. <laughs> and we- none of us wanted to say anything because we wanted to stay and watch the movie together because we were so deprived of social connection. Um, so stuff like that. I think lots of FaceTimes. I was on TikTok. I was not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I think I did a bunch of Zooms just doing homework together yeah
0: yeah and that's another one of those things where it's like looking back on the level of resiliency we were able to have because it was it was so hard especially in those first few months when it was so new to everyone like the stress was at a peak at that was the point where no one was actually leaving their home. So we're just like trying to get all these yep. different types of connections going. And like you said, we would do little things like the zoom movies when I, I do think it was me. And then y'all I probably like was, shit yeah. on my Wi-Fi or something. I was like, guys, this is not my Wi-Fi. <laughs> this is just, it's just, I don't know. Netflix trying to shut. Is. Yeah, exactly. Trying to, trying to stuff, shut stuff down. But it also made me really appreciative of the people that I did have to connect with at those totally. sorts of moments. And then fast forward to um, that fall the fall, it was fall of what, 2020? Yeah. yes Yeah, fall of 2020, when basically everyone still wasn't back on campus. And then we were neighbors off campus. Yeah. So just speaking to that experience in that semester especially, what would you say... Because I do think there were some benefits to that semester. Do you did you see any benefits to to the way your relationships with people were able to progress totally. in that in that semester?
1: Oh my gosh, um, I think that was one of the smartest things that we did during the pandemic, as like a friend group, as people generally in our class did, was to move back to Princeton, get off campus housing, and even though we were stuck inside, to at least just be around each other. Of course, you miss your family because you've been with them for six months. You got accustomed to that. But the way that we were, like, were able to like, at least hang out inside together, watch movies, do homework together in person was like a blessing. It I was, agree. It was amazing in comparison. And also I think, I mean, this is the truth. You, you don't like everybody in your life. This is but, true, yeah. yeah
0: um, <laughs> I think we could all agree about that, yeah. <laughs>
1: the reason why I'm saying this is because the group that came to Princeton from our friends was, like, very self-selecting. So there wasn't really anyone in Princeton that I would see randomly and be like, oh, I didn't know you were here, and I don't really like you. Like, it was all of our friends that I enjoyed, loved being around, and the dynamic was wonderful. And I think, weirdly, that made our friends a lot closer to each other. And so when everybody came back in the spring, it was a readjustment. But, like, we had become accustomed to living like that.
0: Exactly. And I would even say, for because there were probably more people around than we realized— But it was to that same point where everything we did was so deliberate and just, like, going to each other's apartments to hang out in each other's houses. So it was, even if there were people around who we might not necessarily want to see, we weren't just, like, bumping into them because it was so, everything was just very deliberate. The ways we chose to hang out with with each other were very deliberate. We would have, like, game nights. We would do the movie nights. We would... Um, like make dinners together, which even to this day is like one of my favorite things. It's so simple and so small, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's not like in you know, a regular four-year Princeton experience, there is zero going over to a friend's place making dinner together and just like chilling, hanging out. Yeah. And so that was something that I did really appreciate and kind of like you said, everyone who was around during that period of time, the relationships were able to just grow that much more because of the situation that we were in, which again, very unique all similar struggles that we're going through, going through college while also going through a pandemic. It was just very refreshing to be around around all your people at the totally. same time.
1: Totally. And also, I think it made us all better friends. Yeah. At, n- not in the sense like we were closer, but we were better friends as people. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> Smacks the mic. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> I'm a very, like, gestural person. <laughs> I move my hands a lot. Um, but no, like, we were so intentional about how we wanted to spend time with people, that we reached out to others, we checked in all the time, um, and that's made me a lot better friend now to other people, even that new friends that I'm meeting, um, and it just makes me, like, see them and perceive them more and understand their needs.
0: Yeah, and so, I don't I don't know if this is the case for you, but I came back, like, this is this has been our full, first full year, like, normal year back when everyone's been back, and it got to the point where there were some people who, even like you, like, I feel like a few times that I've seen you, I've said this, I'm like... We don't see each other, obviously, nearly as much because we were neighbors back in yeah. the day. Like, we literally right next door, and I will just, like, wake up and, like, walk over. <laughs> but the way that, because we we're all back to, like, all our usual responsibilities, all our activities. Totally. I don't see it as much as, I don't see as much of all the people that I want to as much as I should. Which is kind of a, not a bummer, because, again, we're, like, it is what it is. We're, like, back to normal. But then we find these moments where it was, just like, chill out yeah. and just reminisce and have had the same good old times that we used to yeah but you also
1: know that the foundation is there exactly right like what the pandemic did and living here off campus made us so close to the extent where like even if you it's like your best friend from preschool like you're not going to see them for the rest of your life but you know that they're always there for you and you're going to see them every like three months and be like wow it feels like nothing's changed
0: yes exactly and I'm so glad you bring that up because that is something that even I probably still struggle with to this day where and it's interesting because we're this time next year, we're all going to be have gone our separate ways. We're not going to see each other nearly as much as we do now because we'll all be living our own professional lives and doing whatever Ugh. all over the world. We got Katie going to China. We've just everyone going everywhere. Yeah. And one thing for me is like, oh, if I'm not in constant communication with my friends, like is a relationship still what it needs to be? Like do they still mess with me as much as they did before? And it took it's something that I st- honestly still struggle with to this day and I'm still working on where it's like, even if I, like, we could go, like, a month without talking, but when we see each other, we're still the bestest of friends, and it's still, like, there's there's no love losses still, we're just gonna, like, pick up right where we left off, yeah. and I'm still still trying to work on that, because, kind of like you said, um some people that I would see all the time, didn't see them as much anymore. I'm like, oh, what's going on in the relationship? But honestly, nothing. It's just, we all have so much going on, yep. and I, I'm also someone who, like, I hope that, because, again, there's so many people who I haven't spent nearly as much time with this year and I hope it's not that they think like, oh, I don't care about them anymore. It's just like, I'm just everywhere and nowhere at the same time. No, yeah. <laughs> and so it's hard to give everyone the same amount of time that they might have gotten in the past for me before.
1: Yeah. I mean, friendship isn't, frequency its quality oh
0: great that's a bar um, that's a bar <laughs> write that one down david
1: that's um a bar. and <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times you see a person it's about how you enjoy the time when you get it and i think especially this year when we're all just trying to reintegrate into like a system of social interaction that we haven't touched for two years it's hard to prioritize seeing new people and engaging with things that you will never see again versus like seeing your friends who aren't necessarily in those hit the mic one more time (laughs) I'm just going to pet it for the rest of the show I feel so bad Um, but yeah what was I saying yeah the balance between just enjoying what we probably won't see again and the friends that aren't really part of like the normal social structure that we have yeah exactly
0: and then I even think of I think of my high school friends who um, again obviously we all go to different schools now but then we get back together and it's always like Check up right where we left off. So I'm so positive that when we all graduate and go our separate ways, that it is it'll be what it is. Like we're all gonna live our own lives, but when we get back together, it's just gonna be be like old time. So yes, yeah. for anyone listening who might think that their friend doesn't like them or care about them as much I don't think that's the case. They're probably just busy. They're Shoot probably them. just busy. They're probably just busy. <laughs> Shoot them a text. I bet they'll hit you up and they can't wait to hang out with you. Honestly, everyone listening right now, text one person. Be like, I yeah. miss you. Can we hang out again? David, text one person right now. Okay. <laughs> uh,
1: he's holding his phone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Actually shoots the text. Um, But okay, kind of so along these lines, like I just said, you lived off campus yes. last year. And now we are, so in regular, pre-COVID, Living off campus was something very rare. I don't Super know, like rare. no one really ever did that. Last fall, a lot more people did because the campus wasn't open, and now that we're back to regular—no, okay, we're not back to regular times by any means. You <laughs> know close. what I mean? Yeah, hopefully we're close. But you decided to that you still wanted to to live off campus. Why exactly did you make that decision?
1: My apartment's really nice. It is a nice apartment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think one. Having a live-in kitchen, a live-in washer-dryer, and my own bathroom have just been amazing. I also just like having the quiet space. I think at Princeton, you don't have a lot of your own space. You have sh- a lot of shared spaces, mm-hmm. but nothing that's truly yours. And sometimes you just want to go in a room, lock the door, and have no one talk to you for five hours. And having the ability to do that in my apartment is just amazing. Um, and I've already had all my stuff there, logistically. I wasn't really... <laughs> Wanting to move it. Um, and it's really close to campus. So it's maybe three minute walk from Fitz Randolph. So,
0: yeah, location is great. And I'm, I also lived again, like I said, we we're neighbors. And I also really enjoy my off campus experience so much. I actually tried to live off campus again, yeah. but the apartment was already promised to somebody else. Shout out, See. Julius. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Julius and Surgeon. Shout out, shout out to y'all. <laughs> but yeah, there's something about it. it. It was, it was such a unique experience because. Every, when when, you, when you're in a dorm on campus, you basically know what you're getting out of it. There is differences amongst them, but at the end of the day, you're in a Princeton dorm. But when it came to the um, off-campus apartments, it is, every space was just so unique and nothing totally. like you're going to get on campus. You're getting more bang for your buck because prices are about the same, but you get a lot more space, mm-hmm. like kitchen, living room. And I appreciated not having to be in the Princeton it's all the Princeton bubble. But when you're like physically on campus and yeah. living on campus, you really are in the middle of everything. Step out of your room, you're bumping into everyone. Step in the hallways, you're bumping into everyone. But off campus, you're just that little bit removed mm-hmm. where it doesn't always feel like you're overwhelmed by having to be around people all the time. So yeah, it, it was a nice experience living off campus. And is it something that you would recommend to other people?
1: I think I definitely would. However, later in Princeton...
0: Well, I mean, you can't, sure. you're not allowed to for your first two years, I don't think. Really? I'm pretty sure you have to be in your rest college okay. for the first two good, years. Okay, good, good.
1: Um, yeah. I think the one key downside, though, is that I miss the ability to just walk out of my dorm room two doors down and go see my friend, who's not necessarily my best friend, mm-hmm. that I would room with, for example, but someone that I would see in passing and really enjoy talking to and spending time with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also still a lot closer to other things. And also what is the next chance that you're going to get to live in a gothic-style building for the rest of your life? This is true. Unless you know? go to
0: Hogwarts or something. Know, you just
1: kind of feel special when you yeah. look out the window and it's snowing and it looks so pretty. Um, but no, I think what I would outweigh <coughs> is just the personal space, um, the amount of space. And th- I think also recently there's been a lot of change of mindset about how expensive off-campus housing is. It's actually... Like you said, the same price as on-campus housing. You can get it funded financially through the FinAID office. Um, So, yeah, I'd say deaf recommend it. Yeah, and
0: the reason that that even housing and everything was top of mind is because, although we're seniors, I just saw this email about room draw and how it's, once again, time to start looking for rooms and looking for roommates (laughs) and all that fun stuff. And so, um, one thing that you mentioned about living in an apartment is something that I'm able to get out of a single, and that is having my own space that mm-hmm. I can always come back to. And um, just, again, it's it's nice to, to after a long day, know that I have my own space that I'm coming back to where there will yeah. be no one else in. Just a real quick story. So my first two semesters, not for first two years, um, freshman year I was in a quad, and everyone, uh, you live with random people, so you don't pick who your roommates are. Mm. I think... Each one of my roommates will agree that two of us were more, more fond of each other, and the two others were more fond of each other. And so okay. it, it wasn't the most cohesive unit, so that was that that's year. Fine. Sophomore year, picked the roommates, loved the guys. Could have been a little cleaner. Totally. Could have been a little cleaner. I'm not hating on it. Just that's it. You if seem you're li- like a clean person. I'm a very, oh, y'all get that. I'm a very clean <laughs> person. And so I, even if they're listening right now, I bet they would agree. Guys, the room could have been a little bit cleaner. And so I was at a point where junior year i'm like i need a single i'm gonna get a single i don't care how i get it Mm -hmm. so i actually went into room draw by myself hoping that the room draw gods would be in my favor and i would be able to get a single yeah my draw time was very very bad yeah obviously and so Mm -hmm. the day of room draw Uh, i was like oh my god i hope there's gonna be more singles left within like two hours of not even no so it's over a course of days so by like two days before i was supposed to draw all the singles. You gone. did
1: yourself so dirty. I did
0: myself so dirty. So it came to the point where I was just like looking on the list, seeing who else had singles, didn't know or who seeing who else entered room draw by themselves, didn't recognize any other names. So I was like, "Fuck it," I'll just start reaching out to a bunch of other people who are going to be in the same situation. Yeah. At the at the end of the day, found two other guys where I'd never spoken to them, never knew them before. We were going to be in a triple together, um, and then COVID hit, and it was like, "You're not coming back to campus." And I was like one blessing in disguise <laughs> that I got here and then fast forward to the room draw for this year this is when the room draw gods were finally in my favor yes and my draw time was on the very first page that's and I was so like the awesome. sixth draw group overall and so this is how I ended up with my prime two room single in brown which i'm convinced is the single best room on this campus nobody could tell me otherwise two
1: rooms just for you
0: so it's i think it all came full circle with all my different living situations and so Uh. senior year i finally got to have my own space because i'm someone who when i go out i'm so social talking to everyone very active and when i get back to my room i i I don't want to talk I'm just trying to
1: simply do not want to have thoughts. (laughs) Exactly.
0: I don't want to say anything. I just want to chill. And so it's nice that I could just like get back to my room and know that there's no one in no one else in there. Like, hopefully (laughs) there's no one else in my room and I could just vibe out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now that you're talking about messy roommates. Speak about it.
0: (laughs) Let's get into it.
1: Nadia, I love you. You are the messiest roommate I've ever had. Oh, snap. I hope she's (laughs) listening. Maybe she'll listen. She'll listen now. She was my my direct roommate. um, Sophomore year, obviously, we used to spend a ton of time in the common room. Um, To be real, I was not the best roommate either. We Love each other anyway, yeah. I mean, yeah, these are we're all best friends. Um, it, yeah. <laughs> it got to the point though where like Nadia would come home and I had made her bed for her, <laughs> um, which is such an invasion of space. I'm so sorry. Um, but I think that definitely was a catalyst for me being like, I will never sleep two beds in one room ever again,
0: yes, yes. And I forgot to mention, I had a bunk bed freshman year, horrible. <laughs> Having a bunk bed is you a... top or bottom, bottom. Oh god, bottom. <laughs> that was one perk of living very close by to campus. So, again, everyone knows I lived like Ten minutes away from campus. Okay. So moving day, I got here. The I was the first one in the room, and I planted all my stuff on the bunk. And I was gonna be like, if he came in and was like, "Oh, let's pick beds," I was like, "I'm alre- I'm already settled in." And it worked. So okay, that's it. That's it. That's how I finesse the bottom bunk. I can't. No, I couldn't do. Couldn't do top bunk. And then sophomore year, the size of my room, the size of so again two room single, the size of my bedroom now, is bigger than the bedroom that I was sharing a uh the dorm with with someone so yeah some of the rooms just don't make any sense they fit like four people in a room that should have two people so there's just so many reasons why having a single is amazing and like i don't think i could ever have a single or a studio in new york city or some big city in such a in an environment like that i need to be like have people in my living space i need that but on campus all my friends are At most a fifteen minute walk away, so I never feel lonely just because I'm a single. And so, yes, for anyone, yeah, singles are just the best.
1: Yeah. Also, transitioning to New York, you kind of just want to have a support system who's there at home. Yeah. It's a new environment. That's why they do it at Princeton. You should probably follow the same rules when you graduate too. Yeah. So exactly.
0: And what in your in your what do what do although you live off campus now, where do you think is the most prime dorm location for an upperclassman? I'll say. What's it called? Nineteen
1: oh three.
0: Is that the one?
1: That's close to Frist. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the best one. Really? By far. I think these? the singles are decently large. Mm-hmm. You get a good amount of space, but the location is amazing. You've got Frist, 30 seconds, street, two minutes, and then everywhere else is super fun. And a bunch of pre games happen there in the courtyard.
0: Which you might not like if you don't like noise. So that could be a con. Yeah. that's the same with like the slums if you like (laughs) to have fun
1: live in 1903
0: which as we know very well there's some anti-fun people on this campus there
1: are some anti-fun people on this campus I have I was thinking about this yesterday. I was like what percent of the student body do I know
0: that is a funny enough I I swear to you I was having that exact same thought and I feel like it's a lot less than we think we do totally way less
1: I'm probably like at 30 Percent, yeah,
0: of the student body, our class. Oh, our class. I was like, Whoa, 30% of all of Princeton. That's insanely high. Oh, that's a good of our class. Oh, that's a good. How big is our class? Like, thousand, thousand. Hmm, that is a great question. I think I probably know the names, names of at least 30. Names 30 percent. Oh.
1: I was like really low. No,
0: No, yeah, I think I know there's more than 30 people. No, I could see myself knowing the names of 30, 300. Yes, 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 yes. Knowing like facial recognition, maybe like we've never spoken, like knowing of them.
1: Yeah.
0: Probably like jumps like 60. You
1: think? I think.
0: Okay, no, 50. I would not put myself in. Okay, no, no, I'll say 50. I'll say 50. Because then I think there is a whole contingency of campus who are very just low key don't leave the rooms totally at graduation i'll be like oh <laughs> speaking of, this was this happened to me high school graduation there were two girls who i was like there. I, there's no fucking way they go to our school <laughs> i was like there's no way they go to our school so i think it by like 50 percent. i'll be like if you told me they or my girl i would be like oh interesting cool
1: um do you know that video of the little boys like Are
0: you I don't is it a TikTok? Is we just established okay okay. Well I'll show it to you later. Maybe (laughs) some of your listeners
1: will know what the hell I'm talking about, but it's hilarious.
0: Yeah, I don't even know how I got there. What was that talk? I don't even remember (laughs) what I was talking about to say that. Oh, we were saying best rooms, and they were saying like some people don't like to like anti fun. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think honestly, part again, very biased. I love my room in Brown. I think Brown's a great place to live. If the construction wasn't going on, it would be by far the best place to live. The construction is the one thing yeah. that makes it very, very difficult because the art museum construction is the neighbor of Brown, and it makes the journey the to neighbor. my room much, much longer and much more annoying than, than I would like it to be.
1: Totally. Also, I think Princeton should discount the housing if you're closer to the construction.
0: They should. It's it's a travesty, and it... the. I, it it makes me so sad. I don't even want to get into it. It yeah, the, and yeah. there Dylan's gonna under, start undergoing construction really soon, and that's gonna last like three years, I think. So there's just gonna be a lot of heavy construction in the center of campus for a very long time. All
1: the homies got to go to Planet Fitness now. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, until like our fifth reunions, it's not gonna be a construction-free campus.
1: Wow. It's okay. We won't be here. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. Well, we won't.
0: We won't be here. So so it is what it is. But yeah, um, and then I guess final like rooming-related uh, mm. uh, question. What, are, what do you believe are the benefits of the, the way that Princeton has it where, like most other schools, they'll live off campus after like a year. What, are, what do you think are the biggest benefits of having the most people living on campus for all four years?
1: Community. That's like the primary reason. That's why they say they do it. I believe that's true. Um, freshman year, I met so many people in my hall, so many people in my Z group. You're just so close to everybody and you're forced to make friends and you're forced to meet people who you wouldn't traditionally go up to and be like, hey, like, let's hang out. And I think it remains that way. And something's really special that you get to keep for four years. That's like the one downside for me, obviously not being on campus. Mm-hmm. But again, learning how to have been deliberate throughout the pandemic really helps offset that.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Community. Community. Good, good answer. Good answer. OK. Yeah. And I will put a pin on the on the room talks and we're just going to do a whole one eighty okay and talk about the Bachelor and Love Is Blind <laughs> and Too Hot to Handle and every other dating related show. All but right. you just said so. I asked you before we started, but you're not watching this season of the Bachelor. It's
1: So embarrassing, but I'm not really okay. Um, what's her name, Shana? Shana. 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 Yep. Yeah. She sucks.
0: She did suck. Yeah. She's she's long gone. Oh,
1: she's gone. Oh yeah yeah. This oh, uh, it's hometown
0: okay. starting. This hometowns are this coming Monday. Wait, which means it's top five, four or five. Four. Can you tell me five. what the top five is? I could. That's the thing. All of the, faces. I I know their faces. So I couldn't tell you their names. That's so upsetting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no. Mm. Okay. So okay. it doesn't matter that you don't watch more. More general question, on the to, on the on the Bachelor, the Bachelorette. When it comes to these two shows in particular, why do you think it's something that lots of Americans and lots of people tune in every Monday, like myself? To watch when we can objectively agree that it is trash television
1: Oh, it's awful horrible television um i think it's one because it's hilarious um there's so much drama that goes on that you and your friends can kind of use it as an escape from your existing life um it also creates a lot of community i think a lot of places on campus for example like watch it together
0: we used to watch together we used every, to watch it together every yeah. single
1: monday um, I know that they do it in Ivy, they do it in TI, watching it every Monday. There's like 30 people in a room, and you're all like screaming. Y'all get 30?
0: The... Okay, I'm going to come to your watch parties. Yeah, our, our, our... The Ivy one has fizzled out, and now it's just me, so oh, I will, I'm going to come We've got like
1: over. 30 people squished in a room, oh, like, I'll be screaming there, screaming at the television. Monday I'm there, amazing. It's just an awesome way to just fuck around with a bunch of people. Um, also, I think love is exciting. Okay. That's probably like the <laughs> less popular, less cool answer. Um, <clears> and you also just want to know if they end up together, you know,
0: but I think we all realize that it what they're, the success rate of the bachelor is very oh, it's very, awful. very low. would you I, you are in a relationship which we'll talk about later. Yes. would I you am. Uh, would you ever go on the Bachelor or the Bachelorette?
1: No, I would not go on the Bachelor specifically. okay because I think they do pick some crazy people who would probably drive me insane and not to be awful. But the is usually pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, the goal is awful. Therefore, I would not. The bachelorette, I mean, who doesn't love attention?
0: Hey, exactly. Like, I always say, We're being honest. If we, no, and you are being honest. I would, I think if I'm still single at like 28, 29, mm. I'm going to make a huge push to get on the bachelorette lose it, and then be the one that becomes a Bachelor. That's so smart. That's my life plan. I
1: swear to God, some people do that. I think they pick The Bachelor the previous season while they're recruiting for The Bachelor contestants.
0: Oh, I, yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, totally. So that's kind of like my life trajectory, life goal. Mm. And so, between bachelor, The Bachelor, have you seen Love Island?
1: Like a little. I'm more into Love is Blind, Too Hot to Handle. Okay.
0: Oh, Too Hot, oh, yes. too hot to Handle. Too Hot to <laughs> <laughs> Handle.
1: That show. This is
0: another, like, I'm I'm part of the problem. I realize how I'm horrible that TV show is. The type of people that we promote and make celebrities—a bunch of nonsense—that's put on our con- on our screens. Huh. But then again, I watched the entire season the day it came out, so the I'm day. the reason on the day it came out. Okay. So I'm part of the problem as to why this type type of content keeps getting put out there. But for too hot to handle for anyone who doesn't know what the show is, it's like 15, 12. It's a small amount of people, like 12 to 15 single people they get put on this island they're in a villa and they're not allowed to have any sort of like physical contact they can't kiss they can't do whatever and there's a price pool that starts at like hundred thousand dollars and every time they transgress they get money deducted from the pile that is the concept of a TV show.
1: You forgot one key thing, though. What's the key thing? They're like really horny. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everyone
0: comes and they're like, "Oh my God, I'm such a whore. My body count is this, that, and the other. It's it's absurd." And they get put on this island and they are not allowed to to do touch. anything, to even touch each other, which is an interesting social experiment. Yes. Which show would you rather go on? The would you rather be? You just said you wouldn't go on um The Bachelor. Would no. you rather be on The Bachelor or Too Hot to Handle?
1: too hot to handle because I mean I I promise I'm not saying anything about myself (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just think it's so fun but also, okay, there would be an enormous amount of frustration if I was put with people who have historically lost so much money.
0: Season three is ridiculous.
1: The amount of money that they lost. Ridiculous. What, what's their name? Nathan and Pauly? Uh, Nathan and ha- yes. They lost like $90,000 in the course of three days. Yeah, spoiler.
0: Yeah. In one sitting, they lost like 70000 It was insane.
1: Yeah, but at least there's monetary benefit True. Into Out to Handle. True. And also, I could go in acting crazy and then make... Like personality development, uh, and act as if I've changed, and then win the show, and then win the show. While in the, bachelorette. Mm-hmm. What or was my other option? The bachelorette. Bachelor, yeah,
0: bachelorette, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm already in a committed relationship. I don't really need to go. So.
0: Okay. Fair the enough. potential
1: of monetary benefit.
0: I think out of the two, being. Okay, I asked you the if you would be on The, the Bachelor, so you would be a contestant. I guess oh. if I had to choose between being a contestant on The Bachelorette, like I said, guy, or being on Too Hot to Handle, no, nah, you're right. Too Hot to Handle yeah. it, 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 it is much more fun. Just being in a very tropical location.
1: Turks and Caicos. Turks and
0: Caicos. You can transgress a little bit, lose a little bit of money. Get a little bit of
1: kisses. Well, kiss used to be three thousand dollars, now it's six thousand.
0: $6, yeah, that's because they doubled the price pool, though. So, mm, yeah, there, there's just too much going on there. But I'm just always very, very amused at the stuff that we reward as a society. And we definitely includes me at this point because, like I said, I fully indulge in the show and they keep totally. making more seasons because people like me are watching on day and one. I will keep watching
1: them. And I,
0: as long as it keeps coming out. I'm gonna keep watching. Hmm. And then the last one, Love is Blind. Which, first question, do you think Love is Blind?
1: I do not think love is blind. I think love is half blind.
0: Okay. Oh, explain.
1: Like, I think you can make a really great emotional connection with someone and learn to appreciate them physically as well. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but completely blind? No.
0: No. Because I, for the first time, I was with a group and they were watching episodes. So I was like, right, I'm going to watch this yeah, shit too. Of course. And I, I don't buy it for one second. Absolutely not. Because I don't think that, again, I think the and this, these are just my personal opinions, for Lauren speaking and nobody else. <laughs> the way it usually works is there is a physical attraction And then that leads to potentially an emotional connection and then stuff on a deeper level. But even if you have a physical attraction to someone and there's no other sort of connection, it's not going to lead to anything. But you need that first level of physical attraction to then know if there's more that could be had. I don't know if there's people who you have an emotional connection with if you don't find them physically attractive. I personally don't think that is a relationship that could work.
1: I mean, this is they call Love Is Blind a social experiment, mm-hmm. but if it was truly a social experiment, the people that they would put on the show would be randomized. Are they not? No. Like okay, they're so all attractive. What,
0: on Love Is Blind.
1: Like okay, most of them. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> From what I, I mean, okay, who, the, you think, who the, is not attractive on Love Is Blind?
0: No, no, I don't, I don't know names at all. I literally saw like two or three episodes, oh. but I'm saying like the the <laughs> the people that they put on on Love Is Blind is very different from who they put on, like a Love Island or Too Hot totally. to Handle. Totally. And so I think those people are more like, traditional, I put that in quotations, attractive as yeah. compared to A Love is Blind.
1: But they're not unattractive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. You're like, okay. <laughs> not, okay, no, okay.
0: <laughs> and so, yeah, I basically, I say all that to say, the concept of the show I can't really buy because... And I, I've not followed up and seen, like, the success rate of it. I think it's very possible that you could connect with someone who you've never seen before. And then you see them and you're like, nah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's true. It's true. And also, a lot of the relationships out of Love is Blind don't work. If they do, they have a bunch of marital issues. This is me exposing myself as following the relationships <laughs> after the effect. Um, but it is true. And also, on this particular season, a lot of the marriages did not go through.
0: Really? There you go.
1: Sorry to be a spoiler.
0: No, it's a, I'm not going to oh, for anyone listening. Sorry, spoiler alert. Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, a we'll lot put... of them don't
1: work out. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's sad, but also they did choose to put themselves in a situation where they would have to go up to an altar after two weeks and potentially say no to someone.
0: Oh, is that, Wait, that's how... Do you... Is it... Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Slow down. Is, the, is it stipulated that you must get married
1: after the show? If you propose, you have... I think they contractually make them go and have a wedding at the altar. That's hilarious. And the minister, whoever's officiating the wedding, will say, and now it is time to determine if love is blind, blank, do you take blank? And sometimes they'll be like, no.
0: Because, <laughs> yeah, even one of the, like, the the one or two episodes I saw, I, there were some proposals that happened, and I was like, this is, the, the level Ooh. of enthusiasm, especially with the person who was saying yes, she was like, um i basically like i guess yeah and i don't like i guess when you get proposed it isn't going to lead to happily ever after mm. especially when you haven't seen what the person looks like and all that fun stuff so yes yeah. this just these all these shows are, are very 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 interesting um and now transition into your relationship uh, <laughs> what a horrible segue oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> horrible segue <laughs> um, again i'm still working on my podcast this skills. i think on. you're doing amazing <laughs> thank you i appreciate that um you and Felipe, you've been dating for how long now?
1: Officially, Officially. a year and a half. Okay. Unofficially, off
0: the record. 2 years. <laughs> 2 years. Okay. Two years. Okay. Yeah. Oh my
1: god, 2 years.
0: And we are now yeah. at a point where we said like like we just said earlier on, we talk about friendships being spread out all over the world. Uh, you but I don't know what your future I do know what your plans are, but you're <laughs> n- you're not going to be in the same place.
1: No. Felipe so you guys, is going to be in New York. Yes. Uh, he's working for Goldman, and I'm going to be in San Francisco working for a private equity firm. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes.
0: And so, how what, what how, how, do you plan on... Okay, no, I don't...
1: It's okay to ask. No, <laughs> how, how do you plan
0: on making the relationship work long distance, cross country?
1: Yeah, um, I think there's a lot of contingency plans. One, because his contract is about two years. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing baking, and then there's a potential that he would either go to business school, maybe at Stanford, maybe in Boston, unclear, um, and then there's a stipulation in my contract that allows me to move out of San Francisco after a year. Um, and Alpine, where I'm working, is opening a New York office, and has been for the past six months. So there's a lot of more flexibility, I think, than the just traditional. You will stay in those places, mm-hmm. which is comforting in a sense. I think the agreement we came upon was every month and a half switching off
0: Switching off flying. What do you like mean switching, switching
1: off, off, off flying? From oh,
0: switch it off, fly in. I thought I said yeah. switch it offline. I was like, you're yeah. just not going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> no every, every, speaking. <laughs> yeah, every month and a half, we're just not going to communicate.
1: No, no. So, I think the, the issue with that, though, is that I think the restrictions around Felipe being in person are a lot harder than mine. Mm-hmm. I think just the banking culture is just very much in person, got to be there. And Alpine gives me a lot more flexibility to fly. Mm-hmm. We have a couple of portfolio companies in New York. So there's going to be a lot of flying for me to New York anyway. Um, and then again, the New York office just gives me a lot more flexibility as well.
0: I feel so, like this summer was a good trial period, right? Because didn't you both go back and forth if you, like one, at least one or two times?
1: I went to New York three times. Two for work, one for the July 4th weekend. Um, and Felipe came at the end of the summer to San Francisco which he thought he would hate, but really, but he liked. really liked it. And so did yeah. that. So
0: did the trial period over the summer, is that what gave you faith that, okay, even when we are here full-time, we'll be able to make this totally. work? Totally.
1: Uh, it worked particularly well. I mean, long distances was really hard, especially when one or both people in the relationship show and want to receive a lot of physical love. I think for me, I'm like a very verbal affirmation type of person, so long distance can be sustained for me for a while. I'd say Felipe is more on the physical touch end of things. So obviously it gets hard at some points, but in this day and age and with the financial opportunity that we have after college, a flight ticket isn't that bad. Yeah. And I think the foundation of our relationship was during the pandemic. Maybe love is blind because we were founded on like an emotional connection that happened over six months, not seeing each other, just texting and FaceTiming. So it does give me a lot of confidence going into it. You can ask me again
0: in two years, then. <laughs> <laughs> no, we will. We will be be rooting for you, obviously, the whole time. Um, and what? Uh, f- real quick note: Listen to the Artemis episode mm. where she talks about being long distance with her boyfriend for three years,
1: dude. Yeah. And
0: that I think they're really good tips. Interestingly enough, was the most listened to episode of the first semester. So, oh. go give it another listen. Yeah. I'm plugging my I'll own podcast back. on my own podcast. I'll go back. <laughs> Um, and so, do you? It, it when it comes to a long, is it something that you ever? Because I, okay, for what I'm like, I would prefer not to do it. I don't think it's something I would do. I don't be think anyone do. would prefer. Yeah, true, true, <laughs> true, true, true. But were you someone who was opposed to the idea before, and then it took for you like to get into a relationship, and then be like, okay, this is mm-hmm. what we're gonna have to do, or have you always been like, I guess like it, things will be what they will be.
1: So I came into Princeton long distance with my high school boyfriend, and that. All the respect in the world to him, but that was awful. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's gonna listen. You're okay. <laughs> yeah, it's probably fine. Um, no, it was awful. I think also because Princeton is such an insular experience and very unique. It's hard to connect on multiple levels with someone who's just having a completely different experience from you. Um, so I was pretty against doing long distance again during Princeton, after Princeton. You just meet the right person. Yeah and ultimately at that point if you love someone enough you'll make compromises on the things that you don't want to do and that's just the reality of being in a relationship something i'm happy to do for felipe happy to do for me really because i'd be sad without him oh
0: i know he's listening right now and blushing like oh (laughs) (laughs) and that was a very very good place to put a pin on that because again i say this every time but it is so true we've already done 58 minutes which i'd really it's flown by
1: wow
0: it feels like yeah yeah
1: that's kind of sad that
0: is kind of sad and i don't like to make these go too long because i again I, I i say this and it's something i've been saying since i started recording i don't think people are gonna i i never expected that people would listen to me for like 10 minutes so the fact that some people listen for an hour i'm not gonna push my luck and be i listened
1: like, to you for an hour but i was also speaking <laughs> <laughs>
0: fair enough and so i'm not gonna push my luck i'm like they're gonna listen to me for an hour and a half so i like to keep it to like an hour 10 minutes no. and so with that being said i'm just gonna transition right on to the go. first segment which was um the songs and oh yeah so Should pull I out your out? Phone. yeah yeah okay. get out your phone okay. and i'll say while you're getting it out i'm at two percent two percent this I is my toxic
1: it, trait i don't charge my phone overnight
0: that i i'm the i can't go to bed without charging my phone even if i'm I always charge my phone. (laughs) Whatever the circumstances are, I always make sure. literally the worst part about me. My phone phone is charged. But I always ask people to come up with five songs to describe who they are as a person. Sophia was like, can I do like, what's the word? An An acrostic. An acrostic. And I was like, go for it. So your name is Sophia, which is six letters. So you're going to give us six songs. I did. Song S. Okay, so,
1: oh yeah, an acrostic, for those who don't know, is just like, you create... A list of things in the beginning of each letter amounts to something. So I did my name.
0: If everyone, anyone who's been to elementary school, I hope you know that. Because I feel like we did a bunch of those in elementary school. Oh, yeah. Like poems and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Haikus. Haiku- yes. Mm. Yeah. I love good haiku. Okay. Letter S. Okay. Letter S.
1: <laughs> <laughs> letter S uh, stargazing by the Neighborhood. Have you ever heard that song? I've never heard that song. It's amazing.
0: But again, I like getting put onto new songs. And why did you why'd you pick that song? It's
1: very happy-go-lucky. It's mm-hmm. like I'm a walking outside, 70 degrees, and the wind is like blowing in my face. Okay. And I feel kind of like a supermodel. The main character in the mm-hmm. TV show. Yes, yep. that is the vibe. Nice. Um, Song O. <laughs> song O. We uh, oui, by Jeremiah. Oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah, I love that song. It's mostly just like a, I Oh, God, this is so embarrassing. But everyone listened to that song in high school. And it just brings me back to a time where things were pretty simple. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: Shout out. Oh, no, J. Cole's not on that. J. Cole's on Planes, which is on that album. Yeah. Okay, my bad. Yes.
1: Um, P is Peligrosa uh, by J. Balvin. Okay. Um, Because? I I am Latina. Um, My boyfriend is Latino. And we connect a lot over music, uh, particularly reggaeton. And I love this song. It's so good. Peligrosa is dangerous. You feel kind of like... (laughs) (laughs)
0: low-key <laughs> <And laughs> i'm gonna just gonna saying? then i'm just gonna expose myself here because again i took spanish for a very long time you said peligroso it didn't even like register to me that that meant dangerous and then you said that means dangerous i was like that's why i know that word <laughs> so yes i i should know more spanish than i do <laughs>
1: yeah no it's fire i hope you play these songs when people tell you them at the end of the podcast
0: um if there were there there's like copyright issues with that, oh. so I can, yeah, I can't I, I can be doing that. Yeah, unfortunately. This is
1: why you have the podcast and I don't. Yeah,
0: but hopefully one day I'll be big enough for when I'm on Spotify because they'll give me the deal. I'll be allowed to play it on there. These, so yes,
1: this playlist is on Spotify. This okay. Okay. Word. Yeah. Song H. You are an Apple Music fiend.
0: No, I'm. Not, I used to be. I've no. I no. I'm not. Not that anymore. Was such an
1: embarrassing period. It
0: was, and I'm ashamed <laughs> that it. No, I'm shame. I'm ashamed that I, I was an Apple Music person, but no, as of um January of 2021, which is last year, I've been Spotify. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you.
1: Uh, H is High School by Nicki Minaj and Lil Wayne. Great
0: song. It's so good. Great song. Because oh my
1: God. you know, okay. Well, you don't know the TikTok trend. Oh, yeah. I but there is this TikTok trend where you're just kind of like shaking your booty. Okay. It's so much fun. That's why I hate TikTok. Yeah. of a bunch well, of stupid stuff like that. <laughs> you watch Love is Blind, so you can't talk. You are correct. <laughs> Touche. Um, i is if i had to do it all again by yola
0: Never. Heard i heard it. it in
1: a bathroom in new york at a jazz bar and i played it like 300 times already this year love that it's really good it's like soul a little bit jazz pretty soft it's nice
0: okay song a
1: a all night longer
0: Good song. Yeah. I want to go on that night long, night long. Night long. Yep. Good yeah, song. Yeah. I'm kind of a menace. I don't
1: know.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say, oh, actually, no, because it probably didn't work in the heads will roll. Exactly.
1: It could have been the <laughs> Oh, it could have been the H. what I thought about it. I thought about it. That is your um, song. That is my song. I was kind of embarrassed to put it on the podcast. Well,
0: then. now I just exposed you for, <laughs> for that being your yeah. song. So it came out anyway. So you might as well have two
1: H's in my name. <laughs> Also, I felt like I tried to be more broad in my choices to describe who I was through songs. Fair enough. And so, All Night Longer and Heads Will Roll really get at the same thing.
0: Fair enough. Okay, and now we will transition to the last and final segment, oh. our Tiger Confession section, which I will just preface by saying, Tiger Confessions used to be much better. It did. Why not tell you I got to scroll for a, a long time to find even a confession that might be good enough to respond to? <laughs> It's hard. I used to have, like, five in a row. Like, when I first started, it was like, bang, 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 all great confessions. Now I'm struggling to find some. Yeah. So I think the quality of the questions has been going down. But just Whoever
1: Tiger San is or whoever moderates the page needs to filter through them. Yeah. But it is a democratic process, so.
0: Yeah. Um, The first one, and this is what I referenced beforehand, and we've talked about it a little bit, but there might be more thoughts here. It says, why is the class of 2022 still having pub nights given campus cases? with five question marks, so irresponsible and insensitive. Honestly, I see class officers walking around frist in other indoor spaces without masks, so I'm expecting the event. They plan to be the same. Thoughts?
1: I think I can't really react to that because I don't know what the foundation for the problem is that they're having. Like, if you are someone who has serious issues with potentially the medical reprobation, repercussions that's the word from COVID make that known Um, but also at this point like this is the common agreement that the university has come to that the class officers have come to that most people in our class have come to and there are that's just how it is now I mean it's it's tough to see um, but everyone's opinion is valid I will say that yeah yeah (laughs) because
0: my thing is to someone, to whoever it is that asks this question, what yeah. is what is your end goal here? What To what end do you want to see social life shut down? And to you specifically, when would you say it's okay for us to have any sort yeah. of activity? Or you, is it when COVID is over, which it's not looking like COVID is ever going to be over? It's nope. like when, at what point are we allowed to try to be college students and live the way that we... we that people as college students have been accustomed to for a very long time while also being mindful of the times that we live in because i see a confession like this and i'm like what what is what is your end goal here what is the end goal? Yeah. and i do i bet this person if i i would again anonymous i bet if i asked them what is the, like at what point should we be able to have anything i bet you they wouldn't have an answer for me that's true so like i don't i don't i i'm not a fan of this whole mindset of keep everything shut down forever at a certain point we have to move on and the re- oh i forgot to mention this earlier and this again i got i'm not gonna say scolded i was told that maybe i should cite my sources a little bit more about when i talk about covid so <clears throat> from cnn.com and i will link this article to the podcast and this came out yesterday the headline says new cdc covid19 metrics drop strong mask recommendations for most of the country And it says that now only about 28% of people in the country live in counties where the CDC recommends that they keep wearing masks all the time. And for the rest of us, you don't really need masks anymore. And again, I will link this article, and this is from a CNN article that came out yesterday, based on what the CDC is saying. So I'm not just making shit up here. Yeah. And I just say that to say, even the people who are making all the decisions about our health and all that, they are also realizing that we are at a point where we got to start moving forward. Yeah. Can't it's live like not this not like we're
1: making uneducated decisions about our health. Yeah. We're vaccinated. Exactly. That has been the historical tradition of dealing with diseases. Exactly. Viral infections. Yeah. If you are vaccinated against a disease and you continue to engage in social life, that is a risk that you choose to take. Yeah. And primarily... Those who are unprotected are the unvaccinated and the immunocompromised. Yeah. Sadly, the immunocompromised have always been immunocompromised.
0: Very true. We've been a dirty human population beforehand. (laughs) This is true. Um, um,
1: And it's not that it's just social life for social life's sake. It's about mental health. And because mental health is not quantifiable in the way that other metrics are, like number of individuals who die from COVID, um, It makes the argument to support mental health a lot harder, but that do- doesn't mean that it's not necessarily true. Yeah,
0: yeah. And again, about this, I don't even like the idea of like calling out the class officers, saying like they're walking on indoor space without their mask. They're
1: doing so their absolute. They're best. doing their
0: best, and yeah, at this point, most people are not wearing masks anymore. We've we were, we are way past the point of maximum compliance when it comes to the mask. So yeah, leave the class officers alone. Stop being a hater. Stop being anti fun and. Yes. And again, I say that, and again, I feel like I hate that I have to, like, uh, uh, quantify, what's the word? Qualify?
1: Qualify your statement. Qualify
0: my statement by saying, obviously, COVID was a very real thing that led to a lot of deaths and affected a lot of people in many different ways. But I think we all we all said like no one is ignoring the repercussions of the pandemic. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, And so, moving on to the second confession, much more easy question, much more lighthearted. It says suggestions for shows to watch while in isolation, because as we know, most of a lot of campus is in isolation.
1: Troy, Fall of a City, Netflix. I love historical fiction. Okay. Um, Greek mythology. Percy Jackson fans out there, okay. watch this show. It's like the Odyssey. Well, obviously, the Odyssey came after the, like the Trojan War, but it's like a preclude to that. Odysseus is really hot in the show, okay. and <laughs> it, it's amazing. It's so good. The storyline is really well executed. Super diverse cast. I love it. It was so good. Felipe and I
0: watched the whole thing together. Love that. <clears throat> and my suggestions, other than all the, the trash reality TV shows we've been <laughs> saying. So Love is Blind, Too Hot to Handle, Love Island, The Bachelor. Hey, those are staples. Yeah, they are staples. Um the ones that I've seen recently, uh The Tinder Swindler on that ne- on Netflix, mm-hmm. great documentary. Mm. Very interesting stuff. I watched that. The Kanye West documentary which two of the three episodes have come out. Now the last episode comes Again. out. It is so good. Really? It is. And I was just talking to someone about this the other day. I've, I've always been a big Kanye guy. Yes, he does and says a bunch of stupid shit. So do most human beings. Or that's that's being a human being. Hmm. He is able... He he makes mistakes and is forgiven at the I level... I think I disagree that, with you. Which is... Oh, that's fair. That's fair. And <laughs> we don't even have time to get into it. Oh, I wish I... Don't I have wish time to get we into could. It. I wish we could. But the thing that I love about it so much is so the guy who shot the documentary, he started recording him in 1998. That's crazy. So there's 24 years of footage. So you are able to see Kanye West before he became who he was. And the level of self-belief and self-confidence that he had in himself. And he basically predicted every single thing that he's done in his career. And if you watch that and you're not inspired by that, I'm like, I don't understand. Whatever your feelings on him are, you will watch that and be inspired by that. He's It's like 1999. And he, and he's like, oh, yeah. Like when I was walking to the bus, I was like practicing my Grammy speech. Five years later, went to his Grammy. And to this day, one of the best speeches ever where he ends it with, for everyone who wanted to see what I would do if I would lose i guess we'll never know
1: oh my god manifestation is really powerful
0: and that right there that perfectly sums up the documentary for me it shows a human being manifesting all the great things that he wanted to do with his Mm. his life followed it through completely you're able to see when everyone was like doubting him early on why he has a level of self-confidence and some will say ego definitely ego why he has the ego that he has now because it takes a a level of irrational self-confidence to achieve such great things, especially when people are doubting you every step of the way, and you're able to see that from all the early days and see why he is exactly how he is. So yes, there's so many other comments to be had about Kanye West when totally. it comes to his kids, the Kardashians, so it's all. But yes, putting all that aside, I appreciate someone having a goal and pushing for it in spite of all the hurdles that he faces at every step True. of the way. And the documentary, I believe, perfectly shows that. That's awesome. Yeah. So that those are my recommendations. Maybe I'll watch that. No, you should. A- again, you don't have to be a Kanye fan. You will. You will appreciate. It's like the Last Dance. You yeah. don't have to be a basketball I fan. I love his
1: music, and I respect the hell out of him. There you go. Do I think he has made some really harmful comments? Yeah. Totally.
0: I agree. I would agree. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. Um, ag- we have done an hour and twelve minutes. I'm sorry. No, you're good. No, you're <laughs> no, you're good. No, no. This is this is good. Like I, I did I not tell you this would be a great episode?
1: Yeah. And it
0: it has been. Sophia, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any final words for the people?
1: Keep listening to Flow's podcast.
0: Yeah, guys, please listen. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) But yeah, this has been another episode of Go with the Flow. Thank you for listening.